everyone. Welcome to episode number 118 of the Deaf Free Dad podcast. So if we were to give our younger selves financial advice based on what we know today, the mistakes that we've made, and man, I made a ton of them, what would that advice be? Today, Ryan, Amber, and myself are going to be talking all about that on today's show. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now, here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, 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 how's everyone doing today? You can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad. And uh, as always, welcome to today's show. And remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show, including uh, additional resources if you're interested in taking more action to improve your personal finances. Uh, head over to balancesense.com forward slash 118. That's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S.com forward slash 118. And uh, guys, before we get to the show, we've we've been talking a little bit about this on, on some past episodes, but... Uh, we were running some major records here on the Deaf Free Dead podcast for the last like three, four weeks, man. Every week we were beating our best downloads per week. Every week we were just going, going, going. And then last week, you know, everything's got to come to an end at some point. The downloads went down. But I got to tell you guys, listening to this show and getting your feedback and, and hearing how the podcast is either motivating you or getting you to start taking some action um, it's really exciting. This has been a lot of fun. And if you see kind of where we started, um, like I went back and looked the statistics on the podcast and as for you guys, you know, maybe haven't put together a podcast, like it's a slow go at first. Uh, the total amount of downloads that we had in January, the first January of 2020, when we started the show is now what we get an entire week of downloads. <laughs> so it, it takes that long to actually grow it though. Uh, but guys, it's really exciting to see. It was, it was a couple of exciting weeks. Every Monday night, I get an update uh, of uh, just kind of an update from the the, the people that host our, our podcast, which is Buzzsprout. And, uh, and they sent us like, yeah, we beat it again, right? It's awesome. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> so today, guys, we are talking all about financial advice that we would share with our younger selves. And uh, I got to be fully transparent with this because I got to tell you, it was hard coming up with a small list of things that I would do different. Honestly, as soon as I started listening to this, because I, when I first, you know, we had this idea on for the, for the podcast of what, you know, show us what we we're going to do this year. And when this one came up, I was like, oh, this one's going to be easy. Cause you know, some of these shows take a while to write, get some statistics put together and put all of our thoughts down. And I mean, sometimes they take some time, but when you look at this one, it's like, oh, I could easily rattle off three or four things. And then when I started actually going through this list, I kept finding, I come back to it and be like, no, oh, there's way, wait, Wait, I forgot about this one. I forgot about that one, right? <laughs> I just kept finding newer, or I, was, I, I would say newer, worse things that I was doing or I had done that I had forgotten about that I was like, no, this one needs to be mentioned before that one does. <laughs> How about you guys? Were you guys thinking the same thing? It was pretty easy for me to just jot down, uh, you know, three or four right off top, just immediately, you know, without even not having to put much thought into it. Like, oh yeah, like, Boom, 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 boom. Here's four easy, but same thing. Like if you really sit down and think, um, it's kind of like, I, I guess as you get older, you know, too, it's like, you start realizing like, huh, you know, all that stuff didn't matter. Um, I mean, I could easily have 10, 15. I'm sure we each could have that many. 
Oh, yeah. Probably even more. I think I have 10, 15 on my list. We're not going to get to them all. <laughs> Seriously. I was just, I just kept going and going. I was like, all right, well, we're not, I know we're not going to mention all of these, but man, it, it's, it's eye opening to see what I would have done differently knowing what I know now today. What about you, Ever? It was hard actually to go back and think about like, oh, what did I really do wrong? <laughs> I mean, I wrote some stuff down, but I'm like, I'm sure there's way more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I will, uh, I will go first. And I think for me, when I had to boil everything down, I think for me, if, if I was to go back and be able to do this over and be able to give myself advice starting out of high school as an adult, um, well, it even maybe goes back even a little bit before that because I made some pretty poor decisions even while I was in high school because I had turned 18 and was able to start doing stupid things with money even then. But I think number one is just um, education you know, for me, uh, really educate myself about personal finances. I think a lot of us know what we know about money based on our surroundings. Um, I only knew what I knew about money based on how I saw my parents manage money. Um, how I heard my mom constantly talk about credit scores with either, you know, our older brother or even Ryan and, um, and also just social influence, you know, seeing how friends handled their finances and talked about finances uh, in high school, we had some basic, really basic personal finance, you know, education, I would say in an accounting class, I think it was like accounting 101 or, you know, we talked briefly about, you know, how to balance your checkbook and, you know, basic, real basic things. But, you know, I, I wish I would have had the knowledge that I know now about money, how money works, how debt works, how debt is a product how the financial industry makes money off of debt and makes money off of your decisions using debt. Um, and that when you're given advice by a financial institution or someone who holds a, a job at a financial institution, that they're not the experts on money. They're just selling you a product at the end of the day, right? Um, good or bad, you could look at that. But I mean, those are all the things that I wish I would have known differently. Like even going down to even finer details of like understanding the major differences between like things like assets, growing your asset column versus growing your expense column, right? And I think a lot of us are really good at growing our expense column, right? We're talking car payments and cell phone bills and and credit cards and all of those things. But man, going back, I think if I had the maturity, and that's the other thing we got to think about too, guys, is when we're talking about this, would we even have the maturity to take that advice? You know, <laughs> I don't know. But that for me, number one is is just education across the board. It's really understanding this stuff and, and how it works. So I so I could make educated decisions, not just based on what popular thinking was on money. It's funny how you say like the maturity thing. Like, did would we really have that maturity just getting out of high school? Because the top number one thing for me was to start saving as soon as I got a job. And I had a job through high school. So I could have easily put away money every single paycheck easily. I knew I, I kind of knew I should. But my party self said, no, go spend all the money on the booze and the stuff and the fun. <laughs> and you could save later. Yeah. And now I'm almost 40 and we just started saving a couple yeah. years ago. So I was, crazy. I was a terrible saver too. I never saved any. I worked, I was started working when I was, well, I could even go back to, I, I was a janitor of my grade school. <laughs> I was the weekly janitor. <laughs> and you know, I swept, I swept and mopped the floors and stuff. I, I'd make like 10 bucks a week. And even then I didn't, I hardly ever saved any money ever. And I always remember mom saying, you should save more of your money, but she never forced it on us. Like it was just, 
I ain't saving any money. I'd like to spend. I want I want all this cool stuff, Legos or whatever it might be, right? Um, I don't know. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think for me, it goes back to like, I have to, I had to like think, and everybody's in debt for their own reasons. And, you know, or, you know, you have, uh, you know, you, you're in the situation you're in for whatever reason you're in, in it for, for us. And for me, it was really about, um, you don't need to prove anything to anybody. And for me, the way the way all the debt we had accumulated, I shouldn't say all, but a majority of it was really debt. That was to show people that we were successful. It was to prove, you know, to everybody who said that I couldn't do this or couldn't do that. It was a way to say, yes, I can. And see, I have the big house. I have the cars. We go on the nice vacations. And it was, and at the end of the day, that I mean, it, I, it's just none of that matters. Um, but that would be my biggest advice to me is like, nobody cares for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> you think, you think everybody cares and nobody cares. Right. Nobody goes to bed at night thinking about the vacation you took. Um, but in my mind, that's what, that's what I thought all that meant to other people is that I was successful. Yeah. Yeah. I have that. I have something similar on my list too. Don't listen, don't listen to broke people and don't follow the crowd. Right. Um, that was, that was a big one for me. And it's interesting that you bring that up because people don't care. Like, I mean, think about this. Like when you buy that new car and I remember this, and this is before Facebook, even, you know, you'd, you'd bring it over to your friend's house or you'd call and say, look, I got this great new car. And it would be just that short term, just that celebration of, oh, that's awesome. Cool. Congratulations. But it was so short lived. And then all of a sudden the realization came in like, all right, now. Now I got to pay for this thing. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and and it, like, it's amazing though, how much we do that to fit in, to be accepted to even nowadays, even worse. Like, cause with Facebook, social media and, and Instagram and putting this stuff out there, like, you know, just this whole f- kind of fake facade that we put up about what we are living and what we have and what we're doing. Like I even heard a story recently and I'm, I, I can't mention names or anything, but someone had mentioned that they purposely will go and do certain things and take certain trips because they get to post it on Facebook and, and show people what they're able to do. And I thought to myself, I'm like, that used to be me, right? And how, how man, and, and they're not, they just do it just to give people this false imp- impression of what they are and Man, that's just fascinating. It's just a weird world we live in now with social media. Isn't that weird? It's crazy. Yeah, it is very strange. I mean, and, and the, I know you've I know you've read it, but there's a great book uh, by Morgan Housel, The Psychology of Money. And one of his quotes, and I had it up here for this one, is to grasp why people bury themselves in debt. You don't need to study interest rates. You need to study the history of greed, insecurity, and optimism. And I think for me, insecurity was a big part of my debt. Just I was insecure. And so the way I covered that up was by having all these things to show and prove to people that I was somebody Yeah, and it's just not necessary. Yep. Yeah. And you're right. I think you hit on the big fact that most people don't care. They, they might care for a few seconds, maybe even a minute if you're lucky. But after that, people are, are, we are selfish human beings. We're back to our own lives and focusing on our own ourselves. You know, it's just, it's just yep. the way it is. And to, to put yourself in such a bad financial spot just to impress other people is, uh, it's a it's a scary road to be on. We've all but we've it's all it's crazy because we got to follow society, right? You go for the bigger and better things all the time, right. or 
you got to follow those norms. You get out of high school, you got to go to college. Well, I went to college. I could have paid for half and my parents were willing to pay for half. What did I do? I took out student loans. I went and moved out on my own and took out even more loans to pay for my living. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I wish I would have never done that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, that leads into mine. You know, my next one is, is again, don't listen to, don't listen to broke people. And I was a broke person for a long time. And the reason I continue to stay broke is because I like very much like you said, Amber, you know, you, you kind of look at your social circle, you look at the, the social influence that's around you, you look at uh, what other people were doing and even sometimes would ask their advice. Hey, like I'm looking at maybe doing this purchase or buying this. And, and a lot of times, what do you hear? Oh yeah, you should just do it. You work hard. <laughs> you deserve that. That would be, do you know how good you would look in that car or do you know how awesome it would be to have this? And they like talk it up, talk it up, talk it up. And like, it makes you start to think like, oh, this is a really good idea. And in a lot of cases, the advice that I was given, it was not a good idea at all. Um, and there were so many different examples as I was kind of going through and listening and thinking about this. It's like, man, it's amazing how many times I, I, I would depend on other people's opinion who are also broke uh, thinking that that was good advice. Um that that was just uh, that was that was eye opening for me once I realized that and you had to kind of step away and separate yourself from from that and that's hard for a lot of people you know especially if like for instance like the credit scores I've brought that up before that was hard for me to kind of break away from because I mean that's what my mom and taught us all about it's just like you got to have a good credit score it's one of the number one things I can still hear her say today and uh, it was so hard for me to break away from that mentality because that's how I was raised you know you you believe those things to the core right and uh, so it came to the same thing with like really breaking away from what other people were doing even though their their stuff may look good um, doesn't necessarily give the true story about what's really happening underneath some of those things and what's going on with their finances all right, who's got another one? I mean, the next one that I would have is uh, this. And again, this goes to, you know, we we bought a lot of stuff, but for us, it was don't try to get everything that you grew up with right away. <laughs> it took your, it took your pair. And it's funny, it's, it's funny. And this kind of hit home recently because my oldest is getting ready to graduate college. He's starting to talk about moving out. Uh, and so he's talking about like, well, you know, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't have this or I'm, I'm going to need like a nice, a nice couch and a, and I'm going to leave your house where you have all these things, you know? And he's like, <laughs> you have, you have a, you have a nice truck. I'm like, I just got this truck, this truck. It took me 47 years. I, it's like for the first time in my life, I have some, you know, like it, I didn't buy this when I was 20 or I did actually, but we just financed everything. <laughs> yeah, right? right. I mean, we, we, we didn't take that advice. And I think that's the thing where he's, he's seeing that. And I remember like moving out of mom and dad's house when we got out and it's like, Oh, I don't, yeah, I want these newer things. I want these nicer things. I want to live the life. I want to live a similar lifestyle to what I moved, just moved out from, yep. but you don't remember it took my parents and it took us 30 plus years to accumulate all that stuff. It doesn't happen overnight, but I think a lot of people get out in the real world, like my son who's talking about it and they want to live the way he's living now. And it's like, good luck, man. I yep. mean, it's not going to happen. I mean, you're going to be in debt like I was, cause that's the only way I could afford it is just by charging it all. Right. Yep. Totally agree. I was, I would say by, by the time I was in my late twenties, I had similar lifestyle that, you know, we had when we were growing up and it's interesting how, you know, it's, they make it so easy too. It's not, it's not like it's hard to do. They make it so easy because you can finance everything. You can finance right everything you want and uh you know you're you get so accustomed and used to that lifestyle and 
then when you get on your own and you're the poor bro college student, <laughs> you know, it's pretty eye-opening. Like, wow, I actually had it really good at mom and dad's. <laughs> right. Yeah. I wish I would have stayed at mom and dad's. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, damn, tell your kids not to move out. Well, maybe, never mind. Maybe you want them to. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's not listening to this episode. <laughs> uh, another one for me, guys, was uh, cars. I made so many poor decisions with cars. I wish I could have all of those back. Uh, I bought my first brand new car when I wasn't even out of high school. I was I was a senior in high school. I was working a job. And I bought my first brand new car, financed it, um, and that's when it started. By the time I and we had this number, me and me and my wife counted them up. But I want to say by the time I was thirty, I've had in that like eleven or twelve year period from eighteen to thirty, I think I had thirteen cars, <laughs> which is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable number, um, whether they were leased or used or brand new, like. Man, and I still remember rolling over the negative equity into the next loan. And uh, heck, I even uh, paid off my leased vehicle with a home equity line of credit. <laughs> I mean, just stupid nonsense. But if I had to go back, man, that would be one thing I would change. Like if I had to pick one thing uh, as far as money, I, stuff I spent money on, um, it would be the cars. Because that was, knowing what I know now, I wasted a ton of money. Uh, especially on the negative equity and the interest on those. I mean, we bought a ton of cars as well, but just my son is in that industry still. And it is crazy. Just what people continue to do. It's just you, you, it, it sinks people. It's just, it is just amazing what people will do for a car. And I, I remember feeling that way. I remember just like you, I remember there's nothing like nothing like the feel of a new car, Yep. you know? And, uh, but it, man, it just, it's a killer on the budget. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, we, we identify with cars, you know, I mean, it's just, it still is. I mean, for, for decades, I think we've uh, identified for cars. Heck, I can remember watching, uh, I'm a big fan of the wonder years. I love the wonder years. And they had a whole episode on, on Kevin's dad getting a car, you know, that was, that took place back in the sixties and they, you know, they, and, and of course this, they, you know, they did an episode about it because it was a big deal. You know, when the family brought home a, a new car, like it was just like this big thing. It still is today, right? It's just amazing how here in the United States, a lot of people will identify with their vehicle. And for some people, it means status and uh, represents who they are. And heck, we've even talked about the commercials here on this podcast and how a lot of those commercials will advertise and pinpoint, you know, how these cars are going to make you feel. And, you know, it's not even about the car anymore, really. It's really about just the status that, and it, which is fake, by the way, the, the status and the fake status that some of those vehicles give you. Yeah, but cars for me was a big one. Uh, how about savings, guys? Are you guys big on, I have that one listed here, compound interest. Like, I wish I would have saved early uh, and saved often, knowing what I know about compound interest and how that stuff builds. It's why, you know, we had a whole episode on, you know, starting to possibly save for your kids. Compound interest was a big part of that conversation. But uh, for me, man, I wasted so many years. Like Amber, you mentioned, you know, you didn't that start really a, saving until just recently, right? That was my first, you know, and that was the number one I wish I went back to. But, and I went to college for business and we did compound interest. Like, hello, yeah, <laughs> you were 20 right. years old. <laughs> Let's just give the credit card that compound interest. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable when you, man. I, I, this is probably one of my biggest regrets when, like when I teach and I talk with and coach with roots members, if I, you know, cause I've got to constantly go back to the way I used to live. 
And and if if there's one area that really kind of is a knife turn, you know, that really hurts, it's this one. Um, because I, I know how much compound interest and time go together. And the sooner you can start, the better off you're going to be. And I just got such a late start. Um, it Man, it's just, I don't even like talking about it now. It's just so, <laughs> it is, it is just so painful. It's just one of those regrets I'll, I'll, I'll probably never live down, but, um, yeah, saving early would have been a, would have been a great one. It's one of the things that we talk to our kids about a lot. Um, you know, not spending all of your money, making sure you keep some put away. Uh, savings is big. And I, I think for, for me, myself, look, looking back, I wish I would have been able to check myself out of the broke mentality because it kept, it kept me stuck. It just kept me, you know, I'm broke. I'm always going to be broke. I'm spending more than I earn. That's just always going to be what it is. I need more. I need a higher income. That's just the way I thought all the time. So until I got educated, I wish I would have got like, I'll go back to yours at the beginning. I wish I would have got educated earlier to know that that broke mentality doesn't have to be, you don't have to be stuck there. Right. Right. But I think, you know, you bring up a good point because education is important, but even you said, you know, you learned about compound interest. What do you think was the real trigger though? Was it because you were of your age? Was it because of you saw the possibilities of it now? The maturity level was different, do you think? Because it's, you- it's got to be the maturity level and I just wanted to have fun. Like yeah. in my 20s I was just I was party after party. Oh, after I hear party. I, I I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> yep, I hear you. I hear you. In fact, I was just, I just ta- Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just going to say yeah. I mean, I just think you're invincible. Um at, in your twenties, you know, mm-hmm. you got, you got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. 45. These are old, yeah. you know, <laughs> and you know, and so I just, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I just remember thinking like, I got all the time in the world, you know, and you blink a few times and suddenly my oldest was graduating college and I'm like, Holy crap. Like we better get our stuff together here. Cause yep. you know, we're going to be living with them if we don't have it together. So um, I think, I think when I, you know, one, as I started approaching 40, it just started hitting home. You don't suddenly it's like, Oh, we should buy a new house. What's a 30 year mortgage. And you start going, Oh, geez, I'll be 70. If we pay that off, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's not, it's not, I'll be 50 or I'll be 55 or I'll be 60. You start, it starts hitting home pretty quickly that you don't have all this time that you think you do. And, and it goes into, if there's younger people listening, you're going to roll your eyes, but man, it goes so fast It does, and you think it doesn't. And man, you just turn around and it's like, holy cow, I can't believe, yep. you know, yeah, how I just, fast it's gone. I just had a conversation with Noah about this yesterday, actually, or I picked him up from school and, you know, he's been going through the, the growing pains of middle school and relationships and, you know, navigating through, you know, girls and all that stuff. And, you know, and he has sometimes these bummer days where things don't go well, or, you know, he's got an argument with a friend or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I was like, just try to enjoy being a kid as much as you can, because I guarantee you you are literally going to blink and you will be 20 and then you're going to blink again. It's just like, it's in the same words you said, Ryan, and you're going to be my age and you're going to be talking to your kids about this same lesson that I'm teaching you. I said, so just enjoy it. I was like, don't, don't grow up too fast. Enjoy hanging out with your buddies because man, it life is going to fly by. And I said, I know a month can seem like years at 12 years old, but um, just enjoy it as much as you can. Cause once you become an adult, yeah, it's not always fun all the time. <laughs> you know? it's, it's funny though. Somebody could be listening to this going, yeah, but okay, you guys talk about you're having fun in your 20s and yada, yada. I just want to have fun too. 
Right. But man, I could have still had fun and saved 50 bucks a week. Yeah, it would have been a changed my life. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think it's completely unreasonable to say that I would be a financial expert at age 18, 19, 20 using this advice. But I think even if I just uh, adopted just a few of the things that we do now, um, how, how different um, my life would be, even from just making different choices, not necessarily less parties or, or doing any of that stuff, but just different choices. Like, for instance, my next one is signing up for a credit card because I needed to build my credit score, which my mom convinced me to do. Right? <laughs> and, and of course, you know, we all have good intentions of with that first credit with that first credit card, because that's what it's for. Right. That Oh, it's just for it's just to build my credit. I'm not going to go overboard or anything. But soon I maxed out that credit card. And guess what? I got another one. And that was in my early 20s. It was a Sears department credit card. I still remember one of the first things I bought was one of those. You guys remember the the IMAX that were different colors? The blueberry one, right? The blue oh, yeah. and the, mm-hmm. they have strawberry and like purple. And like I had a blue IMAX. So I was going to school for graphic design. And of course, you know, it's like, well, well I need this. I, I need this to be a good graphic designer. I need this state-of-the-art computer. I can't tell you how many years it, I don't even I couldn't even tell you how many years it took me to pay that computer off and how much that computer <laughs> probably actually cost me on a Sears <laughs> department credit score or a credit card because I want to say Sears was like twenty nine percent it was ridiculous it was crazy how bad that credit card was but yeah I mean I think you know going back and just saying what would be some of the different choices I'd make I think choices are a lot I mean can can save you a lot of financial stress and I think that to me if I would have just made a few different choices. I think could have made a big difference in the long run. Yeah. The other one for me um, is the advice that I'd give myself is all that stuff that you buy is not going to make you happy. And I (laughs) think for me, that was a big, I I mean, I just remember even, even as recent as a few years ago, as we were still getting out of debt, it's just this, you, you have these ideas and any, and I can't, I I shouldn't even say that. I should even say now, like, as we sometimes discuss, or we have discussions about certain things, it's really something we have to think about and look at is like, am I buying this because I think I'm going to be happy or am I buying it? Cause I really want, you know what I mean? Like you, you have these perceived ideas that like, if I get this house, this car, this, whatever, it could be smaller purchases day or, you know, these, this outfit, whatever it could be, I'm going to be happy. And and that happiness wears off pretty fast. Um, you know, even the truck, I love my truck. I, I mean, I love my truck, but it doesn't feel like the day I bought it. Yeah. And how you know, soon after you bought sink. your truck, how soon after you bought your truck? Cause I, we we're dealing with this with our house right now, but how, how soon after you bought that truck, were you like, now I need to get this for the truck? Uh, yeah, probably pretty quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? Because we're dealing, we're dealing with that with our house, right? And I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's definitely things that it's okay to enjoy and and upgrade and, and, and and add like camping, like camping is so expensive. It's not just the camper. All right. It's all the other stuff that goes with it. So we deal with this all the time, but it's, but it's interesting. You're, you're absolutely right. Like it's always, if I could just get here, but then when you get there, it's then, well, if I could just add this to whatever, and add right. this to whatever, and this, and then then it'll be perfect. But then when it's perfect, then I need to do this to make it even more perfect, right? right. It's like just it's just this constant like more and more and more. And and I've we've had we've had some discussions and talking through some of the house stuff because it's easy to get sucked into that. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this and this and this? And then when I really think about it, it's like, and the emotion dies down from whatever we're talking about. It's like, why the hell do I need that? 
right. <laughs> it's like, why? Why do why do I need that? Let's focus on the things that are needs for the house versus, you know, wants that really are just cool. But really, do I really need to have that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, you just it it was just you. We learned we could never be happy because we were always upping our happiness. Right? You could never just be happy with what you have. You had to like have the next thing. And once you have the next thing and that happiness wears out, then you have to have the next thing. And so you're never content. You're never really happy because you're always looking for the next thing to make you happy. It wasn't until we did everything, got out of debt, paid everything off, stopped chasing that we really found contentment and happiness. I don't, just like you said, there's parts of us that would love when we bought this house, we bought it as kind of a downsize. We're going to get out of debt and we can buy our dream home. Now I don't want it because because part of it is just it's going to make me happy having the big gourmet kitchen we want. But at the end of the day, it, it cooks the same. It right. doesn't cook any different. Right. It does, you know, the stove works the same. I still got to clean up after myself. It's like <laughs> the reality is the probably 75 percent of why we want it is because it'll make us happy, not because it's really, truly what we need. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. So at the end of the day, though, I think the the main point of bringing these all up is like, you know, even though we've made all these bad decisions. So if, if you're listening to this show and you're like, man, I've made a lot of those bad decisions, too. Uh, it's too late for me. Or, um, you know, it's like Amber, like you were you were you were alluding to about, you know, this whole broke attitude of you know, I'll always be broke. Well, you can start to make different choices. You can start over, even though you've made these poor financial decisions, I hope by listening to this show and not only listening to the stories of myself and Amber and Ryan, who are all just normal, hardworking individuals and families, but I hope by hearing some of the celebrations, the the uh, root spotlight interviews that we do with normal, again, everyday, hardworking individuals and families that come on here and share what they've been able to do, I hope that that provides you guys hope that, look, just because you've made some poor financial decisions doesn't mean that you can't go back and fix some of those things. Yes, you might have some regrets like I do and like we all do, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't start over. Uh, there's an old Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. So when's the second best time? Right now, right? So if you want shade, you better start planting that shade tree right now. So you don't have to suffer through these poor decisions. You can make new decisions. You can start a new path. You can start a new journey. And there is still plenty of time for you. And yes, even for those who are maybe in their 50s and 60s facing retirement, we work with plenty of those individuals as well. So I want you guys to have hope that there definitely is still time. Hey, if you love planners, this is for you. But you know why planners frustrate me though? Because they only get it half right. Now sure, they're really fancy at helping you manage your time, which is really important. But where they get it wrong is money. Most planners don't include any financial planning. Things like keeping track of paydays, bills and due dates, spending, yearly expenses, budgets, cash flow planning, debt elimination plans, goal planning. And that's a real pain. Then you've got to go and create your own. And who's got time for all of that? So instead, what happens? Nothing. We ignore our finances even more and things only get worse. Well, that all ends right now today. I am so excited to announce the release of our brand new, totally awesome debt freedom planner. Now, before you say, Brad, I've already got a planner. Well, this is not your ordinary day planner. This debt freedom planner is a companion tool that works with your day planner to help you save more money, pay off more debt, and melt away financial stress. This is literally the tool that we've all been waiting for that works with your planner to help you take control of your money. 
So head on over to therealdebtfreedad.com. Click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu to get all the details to order your very own Debt Freedom Planner today. Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party. Let's All right, all right. That's all means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And today we are kicking it off with Carly Beth. Carly says, I paid cash for a training course. I want to change jobs, but need to get a state license and was excited to pay cash when old me would have quickly grabbed a credit card. Talking about habits and changing habits. Carly, that's a great win. Congratulations to you. Kristen Helg, I paid $886.32 on credit cards. Heck yeah, Kristen. Congratulations to you. That's awesome. Uh, Lira Selvatierra, celebrating no overdraft fees. Yeah, that's an awesome win. I love it when people get to the the point where they have kicked overdraft fees for good. Lira, that's such a great win. Congratulations. Uh, Amy Flegel, have my emergency fund and paid off three credit cards. Amy, that is incredible. Congratulations. Terry Byron's Donahue. I made hard phone. I made a hard phone calls. I dealt with money situations, sold my Jeep and canceled the insurance for it. Ate at home tonight when I wanted to eat out. Yes. Awesome wins. And uh, glad Terry is facing some of those hard phone calls and facing some of those tough situations. It's, it's difficult, but it's worth it. So that's a huge win. Good, good for you. Uh, Debbie Kennedy, last pay in February, and I still have $50 in cash. My emergency fund is now at $1,000, and my March budget is done. Coming off of vacation, and I didn't blow my February budget. Feeling confident and motivated. Awesome. Congratulations to you, Debbie. And by the way, Debbie is just getting started. And as we're recording this, uh, it is like early March. I know you guys are listening to this early April. But uh, Debbie just started this about six weeks ago now and just... Absolutely. Those are some fantastic wins just right out of the gate. So huge congratulations. And again, huge congratulations to all of you guys who are working your way out of debt. And remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show. Head over to balancedcom forward slash 118. Again, that's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S dot com forward slash 118. And thanks again for hanging out with us here today. We love your feedback and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review. We read every single one of those. And as you guys know, the Debt-Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you. And we will see you guys on an upcoming episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to therealdebtfreedad.com.